well, well. Last night was a dead night for sports as far as I'm concerned. I have zero interest in the NBA draft. The World Cup was done for the day. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll watch the Pirates. And I turn on the TV, and it's the third inning, and it's already 8-zip Arizona. And that concludes our broadcast day. Actually, I still watched, and it wound up 9-3 Arizona. But there wasn't much suspense. So now the NHL draft is tonight, uh, the first round. But the Penguins don't have a first-round pick. So we just sit around and wait for Jim Rutherford to do something. Or not. This is the Mark Madden Show. If I had a dime for every time I turned on the radio and heard somebody more charismatic than me, I would have zero dimes. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. I can't speculate anymore on potential Penguins trades. I've said all there is to be said, and now we just got to wait. Maybe Rutherford won't do anything. Maybe the Penguins will use exactly the same team, except who leaves and who they replace from within, and then they win the Stanley Cup. Because it could happen that way. It's not like the team needs an overhaul. Bullet Club is fine. It's five weeks till Steeler training camp. And if I had five weeks vacation, I'd use them right now. Here's an odd note. Pitt Athletics. Pitt Baseball made the ACC tournament the first time since they joined the conference five years ago. Record of 29 and 26 on the year, not bad. Made the semifinals of the ACC tournament. Upset North Carolina along the way. And North Carolina went on to play in the College World Series. So it looks like Pitt baseball had a pretty good year. But I guess the administration didn't think so because Joe Giordano got fired yesterday. He'd been the baseball coach for 21 years. And they said he resigned, but uh, he got forced out. That's a fact. Giordano's a good baseball man, but it just seems like Heather Like, the new athletic director, well, relatively new, Like just wants her own crew in there. In the 14 months since Heather Like took over, Pitt Athletics have appointed seven new head coaches. Hey, she can do as she likes, get it? But Stallings out? Susie McConnell Serio out, and now Giordano out. I don't like Pitt Athletics right now. I liked it better when Pitt had more Pitt people. Now it seems very mercenary, and Pitt still doesn't win. I thought Giordano did a good job at Pitt. It's tough to get good baseball players to play college ball in Pittsburgh. Not a great baseball climate while school's in session. They're in the ACC, so they're a cold-weather school trying to recruit against warm-weather schools. And to do as good as Giordano did this year, boy, it seems like an odd time 
to force him out. Uh, getting back to the Buckos, there were 20K at the Pirate game last night. Well, 20 take tickets sold. Boy, does PNC Park look bad on TV with so few people. A fraction. I did enjoy watching Sean Rodriguez at shortstop make an error in the ninth inning. He threw the ball away like a little leaguer, like a bad little leaguer. But it's okay. There's some advanced metric out there that says it's okay. I read it on a blog, so it must be true. Whatever Sean Rodriguez does, it's okay. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Uh, You know what I realized yesterday when I talked about the NHL awards and the winners? Is that there weren't many clear-cut choices which translates to not many true stars, let alone superstars, and that's boring. The MVP, that that's deceptive. Taylor Hall of the Devils, he deserved it, but nobody feels Taylor Hall is the best player in hockey. Sid's better. McDavid's better. I'd rather have McKinnon or Austin Matthews, too. And then Hedman deserved to get top D, the Norris, but he's not outstanding. He's not way better. Pekka Renee, Nashville, he's the top goalie. But he's not Wah or Bredor. Again, Renee isn't way better. Now, does that indicate parity or depth, or does it mean the new stars don't shine like the old stars used to? Well, put it this way. I would pay to see Sid. I would pay to see McDavid. I would pay to see Austin Matthews, and that's it. That's the list. Uh, staying with hockey, and I got a blog uh, posted about this on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Uh, Barry Trotz did the right thing. We know that now because we know how much the New York Islanders are paying Barry Trotz to be their coach. Trotz is getting $20 million over five years. From the Islanders, that's $4 million per year in case you don't have a calculator at hand. He was going to get 3.6 mil over two years from Washington. So Trotz is going to make more in one year with the Islanders than he would have in two years coaching the Caps with security at Brooklyn, Long Island, etc., wherever they play, far beyond the two-year deal at Washington. So Trotz did the right thing. Now, he has very little hope of winning again with the Islanders, but money talks, especially that much money. That much money talks real, real loud, and it's convincing. So the Islanders have this grand scheme, it looks like, to turn the team around. Love to hear percussion. Uh, They hired Lamorello to be the GM. Trotz is the coach, but John Tavares, their star player, the best of that bunch, he's going to be a free agent on July 1st. And if I'm Tavares, I still don't stay. I still don't. I have a lot of questions. Who's the goalie going to be? When exactly is the new arena going to be done? Who else are you going to get to help me? And can you sign them before you sign me? Because once you sign me, why should I trust you to sign them? The Islanders are not a destination team by any means. 
Now, the Islanders probably would pay Tavares the most money and give the longest term. Thereabouts, anyway. Because clearly the Islanders are showing commitment. Doing everything they can to keep Tavares. To convince Tavares. Now, if the Islanders do keep Tavares, and you got kids like Barzal, who's Rookie of the Year, and Lamorello does build something like he's capable of but didn't in Toronto, despite more resources. Well, I'm talking myself sour on Lou, aren't I? Uh, but if the Islanders get turned around, then the Metro division is that much tougher for the Penguins. And it's a pretty tough division to begin with. But I don't think the Islanders initially would scare Pittsburgh or Washington, but everybody else, well, put it this way. This could really screw the Flyers if the Islanders come on strong and no, I like it like that. We got Tim Benz at the bottom of the hour. We got Mike Pursuta at 4.30. Benzo and I are going to talk Penguins. You don't want to miss that. We got the Jameis Winston suspension to talk about. We got the World Cup to talk about. Serbia currently beating Switzerland 1-0 in the second half. Uh Here's something going to cause controversy. Brazil won today, two zip. Oh, wait, these Swissies have just tied it up. 1-1 against the Serbs. Dejan going to be pissed. Uh, the Mexican fans have come under fire for chanting a certain homophobic slur. FIFA have been making a big deal out of it. and Yeah, I get it. They should. Guess who got caught? saying the same homophobic slur, clearly saying it, on camera today. Neymar of Brazil, who may be the best player in the tournament. Camera caught him, clear as day. The uh, Spanish version of the other F word. Definitely said it. Brazil won 2 nothing, two goals in stoppage time against Costa Rica. In this climate, the way the world is, don't you have to suspend Neymar for a game? But there's no way FIFA's suspending Neymar. They just aren't. They're not suspending, uh, if not the best, one of the five best players in the World Cup. They're just not. And you know what? The rest of the world won't make a fuss about it like we will and we would here in the United States because the rest of the world, I mean, that word sucks. It should never be said. But the rest of the world isn't constantly out to get somebody. The rest of the world doesn't live and breathe crime and punishment every second. The rest of the world sometimes, they just let it go. 412-333. Boy, the guy from Arsenal scored for Switzerland. I didn't know Arsenal had anybody good enough to play in the World Cup, let alone capable of scoring. 412-333-9939. Then I'm going to call Benzo at the bottom of the hour, 105.9. Uh, the Penguins will have some interesting decisions to make when free agency opens up on July 1st. Who to pursue, what positions to emphasize. Jim Rutherford will have to figure out where they need help the most and address that. Of course, he may do so before then, or perhaps as early as right now by making a trade at the NHL draft. I've heard some people actually say that they should bring back Ian Cole. I don't think Mike Sullivan's going to want to do that. He didn't get along real good with Ian Cole. I doubt Ian Cole would want to come back to Pittsburgh. And anyway, let me read a tweet from Jesse Marshall, 
who uh, covers hockey for The Athletic, a good analytics guy. I think some people have really jumped the shark in evaluating Ian Cole. He suddenly transformed into Lidstrom in many circles. I think Cole is super serviceable, and I enjoyed watching with the Penguins, but let's pump the brakes on this. He's not a top-pairing D. Uh, I agree. In fact, Jesse, he's not even a top four. He might get top four money, just like Benino got top six money in Nashville. But soon enough, Benino was on Nashville's third line, and they brought in Kyle Torres from Ottawa to do what Benino couldn't do, namely be Nashville's second-line center. And Ian Cole ultimately will be a bottom-pair defenseman wherever he signs. That's not a knock. That's just what these guys are. Uh, Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette with an interesting notion on Twitter. He thinks the Penguins might take a look at Chris Kunitz, who signed that one-year deal and played in Tampa. They didn't get to where they wanted to go. Kunitz available again. I'm not big on recycling. And here's what would worry me about bringing Chris Kunitz back. The minute Kunitz got in uniform, Sid would want him to play on his line. I don't know how you'd facilitate that. Move Gensel to right wing maybe, but that's why I wouldn't want to bring Kunitz back. Sid is a big believer in, I don't know, kind of hockey's version of comfort food. He was just comfortable with Kunitz on his wing. That was Sid's meatloaf. Mashed potatoes, that was Dupuis. But the ship sailed with Kunitz, and I'm not saying he couldn't help the Penguins, and I might bring him back, but only at the absolute minimum salary. And for him to be a fourth liner, never higher on the depth chart, and certainly never to play with Sid. So to be honest, knowing Sid, I wouldn't want to bring Kunitz back because I think at some point Sid would say, hey, put Cooney out there with me. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We talked yesterday about the NHL schedule. And by the way, isn't it great that this shows so much hockey talk even now in the offseason? I think so. If you think different, tell me on Twitter, at MarkMadNex, but I love it. We talked yesterday about the NHL schedule which was announced, uh, some of the nuances about it were discussed. And, for example, the Penguins had 19 back-to-back situations last year, two games, two nights, and it was almost crippling, especially early in the season. But they only have 11 such situations, back-to-backs this year, and three of those are both games at home, and the Penguins don't have a single back-to-back until the end of November. Uh, another nuance, the Penguins play at Vegas on Saturday, January 19th, and then get their bye week, and that goes into the All-Star breaks. The Penguins get a bunch of time off, and you know where Phil Kessler's going to be after that game in Vegas on the 29th in some poker room for the best part of a week. Uh, I'm going to go, and I'm going to stay out there. Martin Luther King Day is January 21st, so a lot of Pens. I'm sure we'll join the Penguins and me and Phil in Vegas for the long weekend. I hear something I like. The Penguins play at Nassau Coliseum on December 10th. The New York Islanders are playing 20 games back on Long Island. 
That's old school, and I like it. But when you play 20 on the island and 21 at Brooklyn, and you're looking to move to a new rink in Queens in two or three years, well, right now it's like the New York Islanders do not have a home rink. They really don't have a home rink, and I don't think that helps in the effort to re-sign Tavares. The Penguins play outdoors at Philadelphia on February 23rd. Can't wait for that. And looking at the capital schedule, Washington has six straight road games in February, and they play seven out of nine on the road to begin the month of March. Now all that balances out. In fact, right before that six-game road trip in Feb, I believe the Capitals have a six-game homestand. But still, if the Capitals and Penguins are battling for first, or let's say the Capitals haven't had a good season, let's say they're battling a Stanley Cup hangover and things are even tougher than that in February and March, those could well be crucial stretches for the Stanley Cup champions. 412-333-9939. Up next, live in studio, from the Trib, it's Tim Benz, 105.9 X. Joining me now in studio, you hear him on the Steelers pregame show. You read him online and in print with the Trib. He is Tim Benz. Tim, uh, are you watching the World Cup? I mean, obviously you are right now because it's on TV in the studio, but is it something you're following? This is the most I've watched so far. And actually, I saw a guy just get hauled down before we came back from break that I couldn't tell if it was legal in soccer or not, but I know this, it was legal in the NHL in the playoffs. Well, I knew something might happen when Kerry Fraser switched from hockey to soccer. Now, uh, <laughs> well, It does kind of look like him. What a great segue to hockey. Uh, what will the Penguins do with the NHL draft? I sense that people are waiting for this big move, but the Penguins don't need overhauled. They don't, and Jim Rutherford has said as much. My question is, what are we going to define as a big move and a small move? Because... I think he has to make some sort of move to make any move at all, if that makes any sense. He's got to make some move of consequence to clear some cap space to sign somebody in free agency or bring on board a defenseman of impact. Because, as we all know by now, defensemen cost. Look at how much they had to pay Hunwick. Look at how much the Maple Leafs ended up paying for Ron Hainsey. And Jack Johnson, he's not going to get the $6 million that I heard Josh Yoey talking to you about yesterday. But, I mean, based on those two examples, might he get four? And that's too much for a guy that just came off the worst year of his career. And how do you clear $4 million? Like, that's giving away Broussard and then some, just as an example. Well, it's too much to pay Jack Johnson here, that's for sure. And we'll get to him specifically in a moment. But the Penguins won two cups in a row. And I'm amazed how that skewed the perception of how they played this past year when they didn't win. Uh, there's been a very negative overreaction, admittedly by a nutty minority. I don't think the team needs to be overhauled. I do think that there are some flaws that were exposed, but they're exposed by the best team in hockey, the team that ended up winning the Stanley Cup. Right. And from my point of view, I think that they can be better on the blue line, although I will side with Rutherford when he said, look, that wasn't our problem in the last two games against Washington. Ironically, the, their problem in the last two games against Washington was not finishing, and they should have enough of that if they keep Kessel. But there has to be some sort of first domino that falls if they're going to try to improve the defense personnel-wise because it's going to take a little space. They're what? Uh, with all the restricted free agents, I saw a projection from Jonathan Bambouli on our page of $1.2 million at best underneath the cap. Uh, that's with a very generous projection as to what the restricted free agents are going to yield. Now, you asked what I would consider to be a big trade. For me, a big trade would be a trade that 
either sends a top six or top four out of Pittsburgh and or brings a top six and or top four back to Pittsburgh. So by that definition, then basically the only big names, in your opinion, that would be traded potentially from that equation would be Kessel as one of the top six and Mata. I don't think they're going to trade Kessel. I don't think they are either. I don't think they're going to trade Mata. Although, I hope they don't. I think they could be overwhelmed with an offer for him if, if that would happen. And I consider Broussard a top six because even though he's the third center, he's a top six caliber player, and I think he's the one. If I had to pick one guy likely to be traded to him, it would be Derek Broussard. And there seems to be a likely landing spot, is there not, in Montreal? They're so center-starved. I've seen that link to him many times over the past couple of days. So there seems to be a potential destination for him. That is a hard pill to swallow for Jim Rutherford, though. To turn around and punt on a trade after you just gave away. Oh no no no! That he would lose that trade decisively. Oh, because I think for Bassard, Tim, you're going to get uh, maybe a number four or five defenseman, a, a good number four or five defenseman, but that's it. And in addition, you would get either a third round pick or a legitimate depth forward. And then you're getting back in this trade basically what you gave up in Cole in the first place as a number five. Well, right, but they gave up a first-round pick. And a first-round pick, yes. And Ryan Reeves. I mean, they gave up a ton to sure get Broussard. Yeah. But I don't think Jim feels ego when it comes to making, uh, winning or losing a trade, Tim. I, I think that he judges the team by winning and losing like you're supposed to, and that's good because he makes a lot of trades. In fact, I don't think the Penguins need a big trade, but Jim Rutherford likes to make trades. So that's why I'm not counting out the possibility. I think with the way we have all become so attached to this team over the last two-plus years now, even the year where they didn't win the Cup here because they had a good regular season, I think people might look at Brian Rust getting traded or Connor Sheary getting traded. They helped us win Cups. How can you get rid of them? There you go. But, you know, the Penguins traded Mark Recchi, too. And how'd that work out? The Penguins traded Paul Coffey, too. And how'd that work out? Those guys were probably just as, if not more so, impactful on that first Stanley Cup going into the second than these guys that I just referenced were for the first two going hopefully into a third. We're talking to Tim Benz here on the X. Tim, you mentioned Phil Kessel, and there's been a lot of talk about Kessel. And like you, I don't believe he's going anywhere. But I do believe he needs to grow up, and conversely, the organization needs to stop treating him with kid gloves. Mike Sullivan doesn't. Maybe he's the only one. And maybe the rest should follow his example. Although, really, I take that back. Sullivan mostly has treated him with kid gloves. There's been a lot of behind-the-scenes grousing. But the way Mike deals with Phil is to not to deal with him very much personally. Right, and he knew he would have to if he benched him down the stretch for that injury, right? Is that kind of what you're talking about when it comes to behind-the-scenes? That we didn't see it, we didn't hear about it, but based on the way he was playing down the stretch into the playoffs... He probably should have been benched, and I right. think that's part of the rub that was existing throughout the playoffs is there was some grousing going back and forth. My guess is Sullivan wanted him to sit for a game or two at the end, and he didn't want to give it up because of the Ironman streak. You know, my the difficult part well, for Well, the, the big point of conflict was not playing with Geno. That too, well, sure. Let's make no mistake. And, and, well, that's and what I was going to go to next. Is like that, that's, the, that's the conflict here is that I think that Kessel makes a good point. I think he should be playing with Geno too because it just wasn't working with Broussard, but you want the coach to be the coach. I don't back Phil bitching. I do think he should have played with Geno, but nobody's ever bothered to ask Geno, have they? Right. I heard you talking to Yoey about this. I think that Geno would prefer to play with Phil, don't you? I think 
that Geno usually would prefer to play with Phil, but I think there are certain things in Phil's game that makes Geno bitch a lot when they're together. See, I got the impression that some of the coaches were leery about having Malkin and Kessel play together because of Kessel's shooting ability and Geno gives up the puck too much. Well, right. Like when Geno plays with like Hornquist and Haglin, he creates his own shot more, right. which they like. And I like it too. Because Haglin goes into the zone, gets the puck, gives it to Geno, and if Geno gets a shot on goal, there's Hornquist to bang it in. But, but, but the thing is, you're never going to have that HBK situation again, the, the three great lines. That was a fluke. I mean, you have two guys, Benito and Haglin, who aren't good first half of the season players. And then Malkin got hurt. Benito had to play second-line center. They came together. It was lightning in a beer ball. They did great. And since then, they haven't been able to do it with Benino or whoever on that third line. So I think Sully needs to do what every coach in the league does. But the theory... Which would just put your best six on the top two lines. Right, exactly. But the theory was sound when they got Broussard in the first place. Because yes. in theory, Broussard should be a good enough playmaker to not to, to create that HBK thing and set up Kessel. Maybe Kessel just didn't make it work when it was flirted with because he was pouty over not playing or, or maybe just, Or maybe, like, like, like you said, if it was going to work, it should have worked with Broussard. But it didn't. So maybe it's just not going to work again. And I still would have had Broussard on third line and not Riley Shea. And I, I didn't like when Broussard right. dropped all the way to, to fourth well, line. Well, I think that was just because it finally clicked a little bit like midway through the playoffs. They had that one really good game against the Flyers. Where well, I were... think Phil liked playing with Shea better than Broussard. Yeah, that but, was part but, of but it, too. at that point, who's making the friggin' lines? Uh, Speaking of what, she was going to be the other winger with Sid. I don't. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but, but whoever, like, if you have Gino and Phil together, then the left wing has to be Frank Salke. Yeah, right. Has to yeah. Play, although Haglin can do that, but then he won't score goals. This line combinating, it, it's it's not easy, Tim, but I want to get back to Phil for one more second. It bugs me now, finally, that he's always pissy and moany and bitchy and whiny. He's not cute anymore. Because he got 92 points. What the frig does he have to be mad about? Yeah, he not... got a career high, Tim. I'm assuming the coaches deployed him in reasonably effective fashion if he got 92 effing points. And he shouldn't forget that before he came to Pittsburgh, he was the fat schmuck who ate too many hot dogs. He was the butt of jokes. Pittsburgh fixed him. Bill Kessel helped the Penguins win two Stanley Cups, but Pittsburgh fixed him. The funny thing about that is the Phil Defense Foundation out there likes to defend Kessel by making that argument. What, why are people complaining about Phil? He got 92 points. Okay, well then why is Phil complaining? <laughs> right, Because <laughs> he's right. got 92 points. I mean, like, I can do that too. No, no, we can make t- this a two-way t- street. T- he's not happy unless he's unhappy. He yeah. likes to be unhappy. Yeah, it's a personality trait. Oh, but I don't want to have it. I don't want to excuse that personality trait when it affects the team to the point I'll that, give you an example. I thought we could have got a better guest than you today. Uh, there you go. But here you are. I was available. i got to talk to management. Uh, what's the biggest need for the Pens? You talked about the, the, the wing for Sid and Jake. Uh, I think it should be Hornquist. Sid doesn't. You know, we talk about the left wing for Gino and Phillip becomes that. But what is the single biggest need? I think the single biggest need is a better defenseman, like a top four caliber defenseman and maybe bump somebody down. See, I don't think they need a top four, but I think they need a good five. Okay. Uh, I mean, you don't think Mata, Schultz, Latang, and Dumo are all top four? I think they, yeah, well, where do you think Ole, if you can get somebody better than Ole, would you put Ole as your five? I don't think they can afford to get somebody better than Ole. Uh, you know, I like Ole as a four because he, he plays too often as a five. 
because this past year he was so sound and consistent defensively, they would put him with whoever sucked to prop him up. And I think he could, he will be better when he's Dumoulin's age. Like, that's one thing. Oh, yeah, he's still so young. He's 23, and I think people have to look at the Dumoulin. Where was Dumoulin when he was 23 as opposed to where Ole is now at 23? Ole's ahead of that curve. No, no, I'm I'm a big Ole fan, and when I say he might be traded, people take that to mean I want him traded. Quite the opposite. Oh, you can't say that. You can't say this guy might be traded because then it turns into you're endorsing the trade. And I think we've all seen that with the Kessel phenomenon this summer. Who's the most likely Penguin to be traded? Pick one name and only one. Sheary. Just because they want to get rid of him. Because that's $3 million that's easily, I wouldn't say easily replaceable, but they, they could replace what he gives them better with $3 million You know what's available. funny about Sherry? Even though they'd like to get rid of him, there are teams that could definitely use him. Sure, yeah. There are some teams that just don't score, and he will score. He might be a minus player. He might let you down with his size and defense and puck movement in his own zone, but he could score plus, which... Three million to some teams isn't a curse. It helps them get to the spending floor. Sort of like the Coyotes, who allegedly were in talks with the Penguins, or at least the Penguins approached them about Phil, and they just didn't want to get above the floor. You know, you know who talk likes? Bes- besides Kessel? O- always has, Simone. Why? What is it with Simone and Recky? I, I don't know, but I'll tell you, if I were Rutherford, I'd get talk on the phone and not hang up till we took Simone. <laughs> No, I'm with that was one of the more bizarre storylines of this postseason is their fascination with him. And that worries me moving forward with Sullivan because one thing that undid Terry and Balsma was their infatuation with certain players. And uh But like Adams was a grizzled veteran, so like you got that. Coaches love veterans that don't make mistakes. Michelle Ouellette. Oh, uh, with uh yeah, well, with Mike. That might have been a French speaking Shiro it what well, might have. Uh, <laughs> Shiro traded him because the, the as the adage goes you can't fire the gun if you take away his bullets. <laughs> uh, now, uh, what's your take on the Jack Johnson report, that the Penguins might be interested in signing him as a free agent? Don't you feel like there are some players where it's like a force of nature, they're going to come here eventually? Like, you talk about it for so, for so long, and eventually they wind up here. Like, Jack Johnson has been a trade candidate to come to Pittsburgh for how long now? And uh, Well, because he said friend. Right, because he said friend. And you friend. see, that's the part that worries me, Tim. I don't know if you heard me talk about it when they were – discussing Max Domi. And I'm a big Max Domi fan. Oh, because it looks like he's Mario's friends. It's it like nepotism. Like he, if you bring Max in and he sucks, which he might, he's only scored nine goals each of the last two years, it looks like Mario brought his friend's kid in to do him a favor, and then you got Ty with that Mount Rushmore-sized head in Mario's box all the time. It would be a bad look. Well, with Jack Johnson, you can't pay him too much, you can't play him too much, and he can't suck. Because it'll be the same look bringing in Sid's friend. Now, I don't expect Jim to care about that, and Mario certainly would not have, but that's how it looks. It does look that way. You make a lot of valid points, but a lot of those guys that you just described, too, fit the mold to me of guys they've brought in and fixed before. You know, like they brought, like, Hainsey looked like he was out of gas, came here, and they found something in him. That maybe is Jack Johnson. Uh, James Neal is a guy that came here that hadn't found it yet. They brought him I'm, in and I'm it not worked. saying it wouldn't work. Or that it wouldn't have worked with Max Domi. But I'm just saying it better work. Yeah, it, it has and, and to. And here's, here's a fear, too. I fear they bring in Jack Johnson and trade Mata because they overestimate Johnson. Oh, I hope not and, that. And Alexiak. They think Alexiak's better than he is. Yeah, he showed them more skill than they thought he had, I believe. They think Alexiak could be a top four 
I, I think he's more likely to to devolve into a seven. I would rather yes. I still yes, look at yes. I still look at I still look at Alexa as a very borderline regular defenseman. I would rather see them experiment with trying to bring in somebody else that's going to push themselves into a top four and have them drop back to a five than anticipating Alexia could do that. Who's the most attractive free agent as far as the Penguins should be concerned? Uh, this is going back to another guy. It seems inevitable he'll get here. I'd replenish the speed with Michael Grabner. Depending on his cost, of course, but 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 the Penguins are the fast team. They weren't the fastest team this past year. They need pace cars. I think they'll be replenished by a little more rest after going out in the second round. But I think Grabner would really help. Now, would that also potentially? I'm just throwing this because he's a left wing, right? He plays yes. left. So, what if you put him with Broussard and Phil? Does that maybe make Phil happier if they decide they don't want to or won't put him with Malkin? Tim, Phil's just not going to be happy. But uh, but or or what you could do? Okay, then then what you could do is you could put Grabner with Gino and at least give Phil Haglin back to appease him if that's what's necessary. I'm not too concerned about appeasing Phil. Like I said, I think the day for that should be over. He got 92 points. Shut up and play, or go eat hot dogs somewhere else. Seriously, he, he's. But been, where's the somewhere else if they can't trade him? Well, I mean, but he has to play here. You know, you know what I mean? It's like go home. You know, no, seriously, Tim. <laughs> but I, I hear Tim, you. But I've never seen a guy. Come to a team and enjoy so much success because of the team. Couldn't have done this in Toronto. Couldn't have done it in Boston. I know because he didn't, and yet he's pissed off. One hundred percent agree. But can you avoid it? That's the thing. Maybe the time has come to not avoid it. Maybe the time has said, "Look, if you don't like it, f off down to the poker room." But do what you're told. I hope they do that. I, I mean, they've got the coach in place to do that. But but the but the the organization has to back them on it, and to some degree, the locker room has to back them on it. I think the organization would. I think the locker room probably would, too. But then how's Phil going to fill? Answer, I don't care. Sid's not going to be the one in the locker room to speak up about see, it. The, Gino would have to be the, in that the, regard, The thing right? with Phil is, you know why he's so popular with the fans and with the locker room, Tim? He's a cartoon character. I, I, I really would like to drug the Penguins up with true serum and ask them how seriously they take Phil as a human being. I think the answer is not very. There you go. Yeah. Then I'd ask them how they feel about me. And I might not want to hear the answer. <laughs> Tim, Tim, great stuff. We'll do it again soon. I'm glad, That's to Tim be, I'm glad to be the Matt Hunwick of your guest. I was available and I was out there. That's Tim Benz from the trip. We could have got better. Oh, well, we didn't. We Swiss scored. And they've taken their shirts off. Did yes. the fat guy Shakiri take his shirt off? It's like uh, Crowley's producer upstairs, Tom, and his cheese teases. Oh, don't plug the opposition, Tim, please. <laughs> is, this, is this Shakiri? I don't know who it is. Let's see, because Liverpool are looking at Shakiri. He looks, that looks like Shakiri. It's a fat guy. That's Shakiri. Liverpool bond. If he can lose some weight, maybe. 105.9. Darren Drager of TSN has reported Carolina is close to trading winger Jeff Skinner. Uh, believed to be down to three teams, although Drager doesn't indicate who those teams are. I've seen a lot of Penguin fans on Twitter that think Skinner would be a good get. Uh, he's just too small. You know what he is? He's a better Connor Sherry. But uh, I don't think he'd come in and really shake things up in a positive way. In a big positive way. I mean, would, would he help? Yeah, of course he'd help. He's a good player. But uh, that's not what they need. That's the best way to put it. Jeff Skinner is not what they need. 412 
9939 is the number to call. Oh, wait, it looks like Drager says the Penguins are in the mix for Jeff Skinner. Well, I still don't think he's the guy they need. Where do you put him? Well, he is a left wing. They could use a left wing. Tell you what, though. If they play Kessel, Gino, and Skinner together, they'd spend hours in their own end. Those guys just, well, they, no, that's the, they could get the puck out with control, but they're not, I don't know. He doesn't strike me as a good fit, and I, I will cling to that. Uh, in more enlightening news, more fun news to talk about. God, I love hockey talk, but somebody make a trade so we can talk about something concrete. Uh, but they are going to continue the Roseanne show without Roseanne. That's been speculated since the show got canceled. It's going to be called The Connors. And I guess they're going to kill off Roseanne. I wonder after they kill off, will they speak about her, the family? About mom as a good person or a bad person? Because she's a good person within the context of their family. But, you know, it's all about what you say on Twitter. That's what determines your worth as a human being. Even though Roseanne Barr and Roseanne Connor are two different people... I don't know what they'd say about her. Now, if they don't kill her off, at some point they'll be tempted to bring her back, which is why they have to kill her off. Then again, maybe they shouldn't because that show is going to absolutely tank without Roseanne. People will watch it out of curiosity for a couple weeks and the ratings will go through the roof, but that show's going to tank without Roseanne Barr because Roseanne is a star. She's a star. The rest are just supporting cast. John Gil Goodman isn't a star. He's a good actor, good supporting cast, but he's supporting cast, not a star. Sarah Gilbert isn't a star. Roseanne may be a racist, but she is a star. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. The NBA draft was last night. Lots of custom suits, lots of bling, and absolutely nothing I care about. I, I do wonder where TJ McConnell's going to wind up. If LeBron will go to Philly, and, and I don't want to speculate about where LeBron's going or where he would be best served going, LeBron loves TJ McConnell. TJ's a legit point guard who gets the ball in opportune spots to good players. So why wouldn't LeBron love T.J. McConnell. I'm going to do some more uh, research as much as I can in a couple seconds about Jeff Skinner. I just don't see him as a good fit. I just don't see him as somebody that would help that much. A lot of people on Twitter now, this guy Tyler tweets, Jeff Skinner is low-key one of the best wingers in the league and would be elite on the Penguins. I don't see it. I don't see it. In 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about the Pirates' decline in attendance and what sort of Pirate fan I think has stopped coming to the ballpark. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X.